welcome to the Unfiltered Recovery Podcast with Michael Mazel, where we dive into the world of recovery. There is no one way, one filtered way to live out your best future in recovery. It is unfiltered. It is expansive. This is your invitation to take away the filter so we can push your limits of exploration for recovery. We will offer tips, tricks, tools, thought-provoking questions, and motivation to live out your best future unfiltered. I'm ready, but the question is, are you ready? Let's do this. All right, all right. We are here for a bold, incredible episode with an amazing human. And I actually get to work with this human. And I was super excited to have her talk about what we're going to talk about today on Unfiltered Recovery, because let's just say this, Michelle does not have a filter. And that is why I love Michelle, because Michelle says what she needs to say. And she says things because she cares. And let's be real, you guys, like sometimes when we filter things, people don't hear what they need to hear. And so today, you guys, we're going to expect nothing less from Michelle. And oh my gosh, are we going to dive deep? Oh, we are going places. Okay, Michelle, will you please say hi to the world? (laughs) Hi, everybody. (laughs) She's like, oh, hey. So, okay. Michelle, we're going to get into a pretty amazing topic, which is what we've been talking about is why people don't talk about recovery enough and like why people feel they can't talk about getting into recovery. But before we dive into that juiciness and all that that entails, I would love it if you just could give a little backstory on how did Michelle find recovery and what has that done for you? I found recovery eight, almost nine years ago, took me a while to find recovery. I got clean using many different avenues. I've gotten clean by means of intervention and being shipped across the country to rehab. I've gotten clean from MAT using methadone. But lastly, I hit my rock bottom when I went to jail and that's what got me clean. Yeah. Every way possible in Michelle's world. And so- Yeah. Jail did it. (laughs) Jail did it. And so let me ask you, how did you get into the field and how did you decide to be somebody in recovery that was like, I'm going to own this and I'm not going to let people tell me I can't talk about it. Very soon after I got clean, I was offered a job in a local halfway house. And so it was encouraged right off the bat for me to start advocating for people and and for being in recovery. I never saw it as an option to not talk about it. It's just who I am. All my experiences that I've been through in addiction and getting clean, it just makes up who I am as a person. And I find no shame in that. So being able to like work with the addicted population, it just comes naturally wanting to advocate and speak up about it because I don't think people should feel shame around that. That's where this is headed. Like I've said before, there is that shame, right, Michelle? Like, especially when people make this courageous decision to change their life and get clean and sober. And then they go back into the world and wherever they work, some of people's jobs, they want them to stay silent. They don't think it's appropriate to talk about 
or it'll look bad on their company. It'll look bad if you're a teacher and, and people know that you're in recovery. Why do you think that it still is that way? 100% because of stigma. Yeah. I think companies see it as a weakness sometimes. And I think if it were to get out that they either have employees that are in recovery, they may see that as a weakness or a fault to them. And it's, it's just not, it's just not, it's just, there's a huge stigma around it. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. And I think what's so interesting and obviously being in the field for a while too, is just being able to watch this happen to people and to be able to watch when people are making that choice and they're in treatment or they're in the rooms or wherever they're at getting sober and just watching that struggle. I feel that it's one of those things where if people are doing something that is going to better their lives on every facet, why is it that people can't be supportive? So people might have that stigma, right? Against drug and alcohol addiction for people like, oh, we can't talk about this. Like, we'll, we'll support you in getting clean and sober, but you can't talk about it or that's going to look bad. Why is it that they can't look at other things like that people go through and embrace, I will say, people's humanness, right? There's a level, I feel, of people of perfectionism or people not wanting to actually acknowledge that we are humans and that humans go through things. And when we talk about it, we actually make where we work, who we surround ourselves with stronger. We open that invitation for people to be like, hey, it's okay if I'm not okay. But when we don't talk about it, we then again, like, I feel that that stigma carries on. I wanted to hear your thoughts about just the fact of being able to just talk about it. When you were just talking about that, my mind immediately went to, I feel like we see that not only around like drug and alcoholism, but we see that in everyday life, even just like on social media, like people only post the good stuff. People don't want to post or share the negative of what's going on because it's almost like we want to present ourselves as having these perfect lives. And that's just like not the case for so many people. And I think when we're able to open up and share on our experiences and our struggles, that's when we find connection. It's true. And the thing is, is when people don't allow us, again, people don't feel safe. And if people don't feel safe in sharing what is really going on, how can they heal? And I feel that that is also why I was drawn to working in addiction treatment, because I feel safe in talking about where I've come from, where I am, what I'm growing through. And I feel that support. And I'm kind of like plot twist here to all the companies, to all of you that employ people that are in recovery. Like, what if you actually chose to talk about it and create that safety? Like, what would that do for your community culture? Because I see this massive gap in we are supportive, but you don't want to talk about it, but we know you need community, but it can't be here. So what is it that we can offer or in your experience that you would say to those people that are struggling to be able to feel safe in disclosing and even talking about what they went through in their place of work? I think whatever job you're working at, whatever people you have in your life, if you can't talk about your experiences and be open about who you are, I tell people, why do you even want that in your life? I wouldn't want people around me that I felt like I had to hide myself from. 
that's not just my friends and family, but that's my job. That's my work. If, if I can't talk about who I am and be open about my addiction, then I don't want to be a part of it because keeping things secret keeps you sick. I love that you said that. And I think on a higher level, when you look at what Michelle and I are talking about, secrets keep us sick. When you look at places that are not inviting or not accepting, they say they are, but they really aren't. What sickness are you putting into your place of work? And what are you not inviting for people to feel safe? This world, these humans, all of us, we need to have love, safety, and belonging. And it's critical. I tell people and I tell patients all the time, you'd actually be surprised with how accepting people are when you open up about it. And when you're honest about your addiction, I feel that yes, there is that stigma and there are companies and there are employers that don't want you to talk about it and do feel shame. But there's also a significant amount of companies and employers that are more accepting than you would think if you do open up about it. And even back when I was a case manager, I would see that a lot with my patients coming in that they'd be filing FMLA paperwork, but they, well, I don't want them to know why I'm here. And nine out of 10 times when they were open and honest and they reached out to their employer and they said, I'm struggling and I need help. Nine out of 10 times they had a good response and they were accepting of it. And I love that you brought that side up too, because there is, you guys, as much as there's the side of things that are not great with people not being accepting, there is that other side. And so this is also your invitation to all of you listening that might be struggling too, to know that if you talk about it, you have no idea what you could do for that person that you are telling them about what you're going through for them to feel permission to be like, Hey, I can maybe talk about this too. I can talk about things that matter to me. These are things that need to be brought up so that people can really understand that just because people are in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction, like that's not the only thing that people are in recovery from people are in recovery from so many different things. So if you're going to, if you're going to put stigma on one, put stigma on it all, or be accepting of any of us that are choosing to address something instead of looking at it as, like you said, a weakness, it is a strength. And it can do so much for not only that person, but the culture of a company that you work for when it comes to that. There's another side of Michelle's story that's also really powerful that I would love it if you would share on that really talks about the domestic violence part of it. And just also just from that perspective, it's not just about being in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction, but from domestic violence and like talking about that too. Yeah, for me, domestic violence was a huge part of my addiction. It pretty much went hand in hand. I started using when I was 16. I was dating someone that was 11 years older than me. And I didn't know at the time that he was a raging heroin addict. And during my time in that relationship, I became addicted because misery loves company. So when I was in that relationship, I was actually being given heroin. I was very naive at the time. I will just be completely open about this. I was 16 and I thought that he was giving me Percocet and was just going and and crushing up the pills. And I found out in a very sad way that it was heroin and that's how I got into it. And during that four year relationship, it was a very abusive relationship and that kept me tied into it for a long time. The entire time I used, I was in domestic violence. So in fact, I was in domestic violence even when I got clean. So that was a whole nother battle. 
that I had to tackle after I got clean. Yeah. And so I want to ask you too, from a recovery aspect, what has been your experience with even talking about, again, like I say, everyone is in recovery from something. We are all in recovery. And what has been your experience with talking about domestic violence and being able to help others and for other people to not feel the shame around that being a part of their story? In the beginning, I had a very hard time talking about it because not only is there stigma and shame around addiction, there's stigma and shame around domestic violence. And I think with both of those, because there's a general lack of understanding from people who haven't experienced either of those things, I had a hard time even saying that I was in a domestic violent like relationship, mm-hmm. just like I did when I got clean. I had a hard time opening up about that. But with both of those in time, I became more comfortable talking about it. And today I love talking about both of them <laughs> and I do. And there's nothing I'm more passionate about than both of those addiction and domestic violence. I could talk about them for days and I want to devote my life to helping other people struggling with both of those. There's no shame in it. Thank you so much for choosing to share on that. I have her bring that up too, because again, guys, it's not just about drug and alcohol addiction that like people don't talk about being in recovery. It's other things too, like domestic violence that Michelle was just so freely talking about and is so passionate about. But that's what I'm talking about, you guys. Like that's what this is all about. It's about, again, being able to recognize that A, we are human. B, we all grow through things in our life. And C, it's about being able to acknowledge it, own it, and talk about it so that we can feel safe and actually thrive on this planet and not have to worry about being around people or in a job or in a place where people aren't accepting. And then if they aren't, walk, leave, go away and go to a place that is going to be accepting. We are still in a space in this world where as supportive as people say they are, there is still a side that is not supportive. And I love that you said, Michelle, a big part of that is the lack of education and the lack of understanding. So there's another invitation here in this podcast is to choose if you don't feel that you know enough about any of this that we're talking about, reach out, get to know people, talk about it. Because again, it's about empowering people to feel safe. And that's what this is about. Michelle, you dropped some heat. (laughs) I am very passionate about it. And I think if you're going to work somewhere that's not conducive to your recovery, then peace out because you shouldn't have to feel shame and you shouldn't have to hide who you are. I'm very proud of everything that I've been through. I wouldn't go back and change a thing. I think we are a collection of all of our experiences, whether they're positive or negative, and they make us who we are without the experiences that I went through especially the negative ones, especially all the drug use and the violence, I would not be able to help people and do what I do today. And I love what I do. And I love helping spread the message of recovery. And that's all she wrote. Drop the mic. (laughs) Michelle, thank you for being here. And thank you for sharing what you shared and for just being that message. The world needs more Michelles. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here. And again, you guys, that is what we do here on the Unfiltered Recovery Podcast. We bring to light things that might not be comfortable to talk about, but there are things that are necessary that we talk about and that we bring awareness to. 
Ah, so good. As we close this episode, if you or someone you know is struggling to find a path to recovery, you can take the first step toward living out your best future by calling Vertava Health at 877-404-2143. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. 